you have to be aware, self-aware. And when you hit that burnout point and you realize, okay, I'm not in advertising to make a big difference in the world, right? It's just not that kind of career. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, designing medical breakthroughs, but you're in it for the, the joy of creativity. And when that's not there anymore, you got to be awake enough to know that it's time to move on. I think it's personality. Some people are willing to be in that rut. I think what draws you to the business of creativity fundamentally makes you discontent with mediocrity. Glad you're back for another episode of Bucket List Careers. I'm Krista Laurie. Some wisdom to share with you from Peter Hubble today. He's best known as the founder of Boo Majors, an agency in marketing to the 50-plus audience that's crushing it. And more recently, he launched Apply You, which offers workshops that apply Madison Avenue branding and differentiation techniques to help college grads market their way to their first real job. So in this talk, we're not only exploring Peter's journey, from a traditional advertising exec to industry entrepreneur, we're also digging into his advice for young job hunters in the post-pandemic marketplace. Let's listen. Peter Hubble, welcome to Bucket List Careers. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Uh, likewise. Thanks for having me. You know, you're my first advertising entrepreneur on the show. So there's a little milestone. And I'm definitely intrigued by your journey and your pivots your business ventures, how you got there. You're best known for launching Boom Agers, which is marketing to the 50 plus demographic. And more recently, you've brought about Apply You, which is focusing on a different age bracket, branding workshops for college graduates. So we want to delve into those, of course, but how you got there. Let's unpack that to begin with, because I did read that you've said that a long career in the business of differentiation had a big hand in where you are today. Back when I was at college, I had all my peers, that's probably my first pivot, right? All my peers were interested in finance and uh, analytical careers and so forth. And I said, how about a business in creativity? And I headed off to Madison Avenue and thought I was going to be in the business of creating ads. But as you picked up on, what we really fundamentally do for our clients is we create differentiation, right? The client like Procter & Gamble sells you know, five different detergent brands around the world. They position those to occupy different market niches. And our job is to differentiate them and make them seem better, different than all the others. So it only seemed appropriate that in my latest career in advertising, I was at Sachi and Sachi running the General Mills food business worldwide. Mm -hmm. I realized that the industry was getting more and more specialized as technology fragmented it. Right. And so I decided to be a specialist. I specialized in boom majors, as you mentioned, which is an agency dedicated to the aging cohort. And that was sort of the first of my efforts to try to make a difference by doing something differently, right? Yeah. You know, most people, when they, they get to the twilight of their career, especially in advertising, which is such a grueling business, they slam the door on it. They gleefully retire and so forth. And I said, boy, what a waste that would be to have four decades of experience and not do something to, to, to shift that, to apply it in another direction. So that was sort of the impetus more recently for Apply You which is how can I launch yet another venture that attempts to do things differently? And the difference here, of course, is we're not just a bunch of human resources people helping you prepare for interviews. Mm -hmm. We're Madison Avenue professionals helping individuals think of themselves as personal brands. The OK Boomer meme was an influence in your first business. Tell me about your reaction to that and why it was influential. I mean, I'll give you my thoughts on how I reacted to that every time I got the question. <laughs> I was like, no, guys, I'm not a boomer. But 
Is it such a bad thing to be a boomer? Yeah, you know, I, I really wanted to engage on that. And all of my instincts kept saying, don't just just let it go. Let the other people, you know, <laughs> play this one out. But what got to me about that, Christo, was that, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm gearing up Apply You, a great new enterprise with a wonderful purpose, which is to help Gen Z. Yeah. And, and here I'm watching at a time when I think I've got something incredibly valuable to offer. I have wisdom gleaned over the course of a lifetime. Thank all you. Of the, Thank all you. of the trial and error and so forth. Now I've got something valuable to share with people if they'll listen to me. Right. And instead of appreciating that, you know, we've got intergenerational strife instead of intergenerational sharing. And how do we stop that? How do we get in the way of, of that becoming a bigger issue and a bigger divide? You know, when I launched Boomagers, the purpose of Boomagers was to try to create a different image of people of age. You know, one of the first things we discovered is, is you go into Getty Images to get an authentic image of a boomer, and all you can find are people walking hand in hand on the beach into the sunset, right? <laughs> and so there are some things you can change and, and other things you can't. But what we wanted to do was to try to get people to respect their elders the way other cultures of the world do. We're just a country that, that hasn't gotten there yet. You know, I'll ask you, Krista, when you were young and older people gave you advice on things, it's sort of like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, what do you know? And eventually you get to be that age and you say, boy, I wish I had listened to those old timers a little bit more. Did you listen? Absolutely not. Not always. Where would we be <laughs> now, right? There is the wisdom and that obviously has enabled you to focus on Apply You. Let's talk about that because that's more current and clearly a timely concept in terms of helping millions. I think the stat I read was 4.5 million college graduates are looking to land something in a post-pandemic, and I say that cautiously, post-pandemic marketplace. So let's talk about what's truly different about what you're offering to those young job hunters. Yeah. So uh, as I top-lined earlier, what we're doing is taking our Madison Avenue marketing and branding experience and applying that not to physical products and services, but to people. Yeah. And so yeah. the typical college graduate out there today is receiving the same type of basic training that I received, or you probably received when you were that age. You know, For me, it was 40 years ago. It's build experience, right? Use your summers to do valuable things like getting internships, summarize your experience on a resume, write it as, as cogently as you can, apply for the job, interview as best you can, and then follow up. And, you know, yes, we have different tools to do that today, but I'd offer to you in a day and age of common applications for college and the proliferation of what I call commonality, the job at the end of the day doesn't go to the person who's better, right? When you get down to four or five people in the final round, everybody is talented. The job is going to go to the person who's different, better, that person who stands out because they stand for something. And so what we try to do is to use that principle of differentiation that we talked about earlier to get these candidates to discover their you. That's the name, apply you. Everybody's got something about themselves that makes them unique. That's usually the thing that makes them great. Yeah. So we have a, a healthy self-discovery component as part of this, but getting them to discover their you Getting them to express that as a personal brand story that's, that's lively, engaging, and interesting, right? Because stories get remembered. You've got an interviewer asking the same questions day in, day out. They're getting the same factual-based answers. And guess what? The brain is designed to filter out information because we process too much of it just walking down the street. Yeah. So by helping these graduates create a personal brand story, something about themselves that's interesting and engaging, that is also relevant to what the employer is looking for, then suddenly when they're asked, uh, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself, 
they can shift the dynamic in the interview from a question and answer one over which they have no control right. to one where they can pitch a wonderful story about themselves and create a dialogue with that interviewer. You're right. The power of the narrative and mentioning the Common App as you just did. I lived that with my incoming freshman in college in the fall. And I can see what you're saying. I think it's applicable to various stages in life when you're trying to, quote unquote, sell yourself. How do you stand out is by telling a story. Speaking of stories, give me some examples of how you overcame obstacles as a founder. You know, obviously for bucketless careers, we're talking about what lights you up about the job and it's very clear what does, but also how you got there and how you can help people who are trying to launch. You must have some vignettes, something you can share with us on what you've learned over the years, having done this twice as a founder. I like to say that overnight success takes seven years, right? <laughs> you have to be an optimist to be an entrepreneur. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your idea. You, you have to inspire others to want to share all that pain and struggle and challenge with you along the way. You've got to believe in what you're doing. But I think that the next most important thing is, is you've got to understand what the obstacles are. When I did boom majors, the obstacle was, well, it's much more convenient to market to the consumers I know, which are the millennials. No, by the way, they're digitally savvy and blah, blah, blah. True. And in Apply You, I think what gets in the way is that as soon as it's a, a job application process and it's interviewing, it suddenly gets very serious. And that means that the, the applicants themselves get serious, right? There's a lot at stake, so they get serious and they don't want to take a chance. Yeah. Wouldn't I be better off taking the safe route, Peter, anticipating the questions that I'm going to get asked, uh, study about the company. I wouldn't want to interject my story in an interview situation. That might be disrespectful. So we have to like anything else, all of the quotes, if you went on the internet right now, and, and all the dare to be different, you know, dream it, do it kinds of things. It, it's getting people out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And you kind of have to unlearn that because I would certainly admit that growing up, I felt that I had to project a very serious, not necessarily intense, but not an unfiltered version of myself when you're sitting there in an interview situation. We need to unlearn that somehow. Yeah, I have a great story. It was sort of an inspiring story for Apply You. I was in an advertising role and I was asked by the CEO to do an informational interview for a neighbor's cousin's third grandparent's granddaughter. <laughs> and a gentleman came in and he was a recent college graduate. And, you know, I, I started asking him. I was being lively and passionate. Hey, tell me, what do you, you know, why do you want to be in advertising? Well, I like ads. You know, I was getting answers like that. And so it was clear to me that this interview wasn't going anywhere. And I said, hey, Mike, you, you came in here because you wanted help and advice, right? And he says, oh, yes, yes, Mr. Hubble. And I said, okay, here, here's, my, here's my advice. This isn't working. <laughs> so we're going to try something different. I said, tell me about something going on at college right now that's really exciting. I don't care if you just built a picnic table for the sorority next door to your dorm. Talk to me about something you're excited about. And he proceeded to tell the story about how he was the captain of the hockey team. They had a recruiting scandal. They lost all their top players. They couldn't win a game, but he had to field the team. The team mutinied on him and everything. So he created these 10 commandments and the team lived by the commandments and they all learned a lot. It was actually a, a winning season because they all learned a lot about themselves. I said, perfect. Right. We're going to start this interview over, go outside, knock on my door and introduce yourself as the Moses of college hockey. And he says to me, well, why would I do that? I said, just do it. Will you? <laughs> and point being is he had the story. Mm -hmm. He had the story all along, but he got super serious because he was in a big office meeting with somebody who was older than him. He had his personal brand story all along, and he proceeded to tell that story. And I said, hey, you just rattled off 
all of the skills that I'm looking for in terms of inspirational leader, creative, agile, blah, 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 blah. You had it all along. You've been able to remain in the advertising lane, if you will, but you've evolved and you've crafted your career trajectory in your own way. How did you avoid burnout? And what kind of advice would you give to colleagues out there who are in advertising for years and years and years on keeping it fresh and reinventing yourself? But as you've done, staying in the same industry. Answers to questions like that are fundamental, right? Which is you you have to be aware, self-aware. And when you hit that burnout point and you realize, okay, I'm not in advertising to make a big difference in the world, right? It's just not that kind of career. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, designing medical breakthroughs. But you're in it for the the joy of creativity. And when that's not there anymore, you got to be awake enough to know that it's time to move on. I think it's personality. Some people are willing to be in that rut. I think what draws you to the business of creativity fundamentally makes you discontent with mediocrity. Hmm. The boom agers pivot was, hey, there's got to be a better way. The industry is getting specialized. I need to be a specialist. The apply you pivot was you know, it's getting harder and harder in the agency business to to truly be rewarded for what you do and to be paid well for it. I wanted to go to people who would truly appreciate all of the experience I had. Yeah. So teaching at this stage in my life, we could go, we could have a separate podcast, Krista, <laughs> on age and phase of life and and how we get more legacy focused as baby boomers, right? Yeah. And I think this is a bit of a, a legacy pivot for me as well. What do you love most about what you're doing day to day? I love most about what I'm doing is the fact that I had an idea that nobody else had and I'm chasing it down. Nice. I say to people, don't take for granted that we live in a country where you can have an idea one day and you can actualize it the next day. Mm -hmm. The only thing getting in the way is is your fear of the unknown, our lack of capital, all those kinds of things. There are, you know, this advertising is an easy business. I'm not building factories. I'm not manufacturing, cranking out products in other countries and dealing with tariffs and all that kind of stuff. This is a human capital business model and you dream it, you do it. Well, that leads right into my question, which I always ask my guests, what key advice or takeaways do you give that person on on achieving purpose career-wise? It's interesting because it's easy to work your entire career paycheck to paycheck because you've got mouths to feed and children to educate and so on. And, and purpose ends up in the backseat for decades. And then when you're older, you got a different perspective on life. You realize, as I said earlier, you know, I'm not advertising. We're not out making a market difference in the world, but yeah, there has never been a better time to be purpose-minded living in the society we live in now where, where this is, is on the forefront of everything we're, we're thinking about and, and doing and I I just, I want to be able to look in the mirror when I wake up and know that I'm making a difference. I could do that. Selling cereal around the world, sugared cereal for kids, was I really making a difference? But I do believe that all of the years at Boom Majors and and now with Apply You, that we are improving lives. Well, do you think there's a different mindset now that pushes purpose in terms of, you know, your professional pursuits? I think so. Do you feel that if you could go back, maybe you would have focused on it a bit more than just the zeros on the paycheck? Yeah, I think, you know, as you and I were talking earlier, it's a shame that the bucket list is associated with the later years in our life. It is. You've got to find a way for people to say, these are the things I want to do and, and I'm going to do them. I, I get it that there, there's reality, there are needs, and as I said earlier, mouths to feed. But too many of my peers who can't do purposeful things either because physically or intellectually they're, they're compromised now. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I'm really big on is fitness. 
you've got to be strong to be an entrepreneur and deal with the challenges that are out there. So you need to be as fit as you can be. I think COVID reminded all of us of Absolutely. the importance of, of, of taking care of ourselves. Being purpose-driven is a holistic thing, I guess, right? Trying to do work that benefits others, but, but work that helps you grow. I mean, personal growth is, I mean, it's what we're talking about here with Apply You, which is developing your personal potential to its fullest. But people, the, the bucket list thing is great because it keeps you growing. 100%. And I'm with you. I, I've definitely had some guests who I think have achieved their bucket list career in their 20s. And it just continues to evolve. The journey just changes, but it does not have to be a later in life type of endeavor. So if people listening, job hunters at any age want to find out about Apply You workshops or anywhere where we can learn more about what you're doing, where should we send them online? We have a beautiful website with a great video there of how our workshops work. Just dive in and, and spend some time with it. But we are focused on college graduates because, as we say in the marketing business, that that's a good aperture for us to be in, right? Mom and dad have just spent $250,000. And as we like to say, they're still one class short of their first real job. <laughs> yeah, don't remind me, please. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you've worked hard in college. You want to validate that with, with a job. You've got peers who are getting jobs. So there's some pressure there. But, you know, by all means, this is about helping people understand who they are and how to express that and how to sell themselves at any stage of their lives. Talk to anybody who interviews for college. You know, they ask the same question. Tell me a little bit about yourself. And Harvard aspirants are unable to say something interesting and engaging and memorable about themselves. Yet we all have interesting, engaging and memorable things to say. We just haven't been taught that skill. You're just pulling it out of them, right? Regardless of, of where you are in life, we've got application. All right, Peter Hubble of Apply You, thanks so much for being on the show. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Krista. It's been a joy. All right, take care. You can find more Bucket List Careers content on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm Krista Laurie. Thanks for listening. Always feel free to message me your thoughts, subscribe, rate, and review if you have a moment wherever you get your podcasts. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com.